So you wanna know? Welcome to the Swana Know Podcast. I'm your host, Annelisa Swana. Join us every week as we explore extraordinary conversations of triumph, resilience, and anything you wanna know. Today in studio with us we have Dr. Sisa Pazi. He's a mathematical statistician, PhD recipient at the Nelson Mandela University. Dr. Pazi made history at Nelson Mandela University by becoming one of the youngest holders of the degree in the university's history. Welcome to the Sonano podcast. Thank you, Anne. Um, thank you for the wonderful introduction and um, greetings to you and to greetings to your viewers. Thank you. So... Dr. Vazi, I want us to, 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 to start here. PhD is such a huge, huge, huge thing. Me, nah, I tried furthering my studies and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be taught by life now because, <laughs> <laughs> because it's too much. Yeah, it is. What made you push until PhD level? Um, okay, for me, I think in general, it's important to know your strengths and weaknesses. So for me, I know that one of my strengths is studying. Um, sure. I think I have um, a natural aptitude for learning. So, um, so for me, it made sense um, to go all the way. And, um, and I knew that I had the ability um, it was definitely not easy, um, I, I but imagine. I knew, I always knew at the back of my mind, I can make it. You did not only just acquire this PhD, but you made history at the university. Yeah, um, I, I try to push myself because, um, because it's, it's not easy. And um, being a family man, it actually put some strain on my sure. family um, because I was absent uh, most of the time for that period, especially emotionally. Um, I was, um, because when I hit a hurdle, then in my mind, naturally, I'll, I'll just be thinking about it. Or like, there's still that thing I haven't solved in my PhD. And then my wife would be making a conversation uh, and I'll try. But in, at the back of my mind, I was like, ah, how can I solve that problem? <laughs> so um, because of that, I wanted to quickly get out of that situation. Okay. So that's what pushed me to do it um, in record time. Sure. So I was like, I'm going to um, push so that I can quickly um, get relief. And then because it's PhD, it's literally the highest qualification yes. in my field. So I knew after that, then I'll enjoy all the time with the family and with my kids and so on. So that's what pushed me to do it. But um, what do quicker. you do with that time now? Like... <laughs> Did you feel kinda kinda lost? Um I, I did um immediately after finishing yes. because I was like, what now? <laughs> you spent um, so because, much time in this. Yeah, for for five years. Um I knew that um I have to wake up very early. Um, and even before I bath and do anything, I'll wake up early, go and uh, make myself a cup of coffee, go to the study, and then start working on the PhD, uh, maybe for two or three hours. 
And then after that, um, I wake up my daughter and then start preparing for school and work. And then after that, to go to work, send the kids, uh, the kids to school, and then come back. So I was caught up in that routine for five, five years. years. So after I, I finished the PhD, I was like, okay. Um, well, when I submitted, because I submitted in October 2022. Okay. Um, after that, I was just relieved that I actually get a break. <laughs> So I actually enjoyed, um, I enjoyed my time. Um, I started the PhD in 2018. And in 2018, my wife bought me an Xbox. (laughs) 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 So needless to say that I had little time to play it. So when I finished, when I submitted, that's how I spent my time. Especially for the first two months after you submitted, I was like, ah, now I can actually you know, you have can time actually to enjoy play your my Xbox. Yes. <laughs> so I wake up, play my Xbox, and I actually enjoy. I was like, I'm going to enjoy this time. I'm going to enjoy December for a change. I'm just going to sit there. I don't care what I'll, I'll find something to, to do. do. <laughs> Dr. Pazzi, please tell us more about your research topic and why you chose that research topic. Okay, um, so after I finished my master's um, in 2016, I graduated in 2016 for a master's. And then in 2017, I took a gap year okay. um, to figure out things, whether um, I want to continue um, with a PhD or I want to do, to do something else. Um, and I also needed a breather. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because at that time, I had been studying um, since I was 19. So you've been studying since your undergrad? Yes, continuously. uh, I I was studying um, since I was 19 and then I... No, you're actually studying since you're seven. I guess, yes. (laughs) If if, if you count (laughs) primary school and high school. So since I was seven, um, so I was studying... (laughs) From seven up until 19, no, not until 19, up until 25, up until 26, yeah. Mm. So um, I was like, yo, I'm tired. While I was taking a break in 2017, um, we were approached by um, some doctors. Um, They actually approached um, one of the senior um, members um, of the Department of Statistics sure. at Nelson Mandela University, and they were they wanted to um, to develop their respe- uh, research expertise. So they said um, they will need um, a statistician on board. Okay. Um, so um, they spoke to Professor Sharp, and then um, Professor Sharp came to me. I was like, "Look, I had a meeting with these doctors. These 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 are their plans." Um, if you can get on board, then you can also use um, some of the projects as part of a PhD. Are you interested? And then I was like, oh, okay, that sounds mm. like a good idea. So um, so my choice of a topic, a research topic, was sort of automatic in that sense. Sure. I never actually sat down for a long time to figure out what will the topic be. So that's how I chose this research. And I was like, oh, okay, this sounds um, interesting to me because what's What's more fulfilling 
um, to me is actually using what I've learned sure. um, to solve a real problem. So we're like, okay, now yes. we actually have, we will be working with patient data. And to me, that mm. brings me satisfaction, having um, patient information and then extracting insights from that information. That gives me um, satisfaction. So I was like, oh, okay, um, I'm on board. That's how I decided um, on the topic. And then we started working on on. 2017, 2018, we're still collecting information. Yes. And then 2018, then we started um, with the project. So that's how I chose it. Oh, wow. So I want us to go back a bit. Okay. You are from Etikane. Yes. Did it even occur to you growing up that in years to come, you would be a, a PhD recipient? Did it ever occur to you? Not, not at all. Um, it's... I, I didn't even, I when I was growing up, I didn't even have dreams per se. Um, I, I, I never sat down and see, okay, in 30 years time or in 20 years time, this is where I would be. Um, I never had that um, kind of reflection. Um, I think mainly um, because of the situation I grew up under, I think I was too much caught up um, in that situation that I didn't think beyond. Um, and because, um, and also, um, my grandmother used to say, I only have the strength and the resources to take you sure. up to grade 10, uh, grade 12. Um, was it I'm done? Mm. After that, you are on your own. So I think without even me realizing it, that's where I saw myself. I was like, oh, okay, I'll go to up, up until grade 12, and then I'll go, I'll probably go Fine. and work. Um, and that is also the route um, my sisters were also kind of forced to take mm. because they also, after grade 12, they passed grade 12, and then they had to go right. and find employment so that they can assist at home. So I think that's where my my dream, uh, my dreaming ended mm. or like at grade 12 and I never thought beyond such that um, even when I was doing grade 12, um, I remember when I was doing grade 10, our maths um, teacher um, went around um, the classroom asking each a learner, what do you want to mm. be when I, um, you grow up? At that stage, I had people, I want to be an engineer, I want to be a doctor mm. and so on and so on. I was like, I have no idea. I literally had no idea. Yeah. And um, and every time we had to write an essay about a career, it would be different every time yeah. um, because uh, I, I literally had no idea. Whatever felt right. Whatever felt day. right or whatever I, I felt inspired to write about, I was like, I feel like strongly I can write strongly about journalism or being an, an actor. Then I would just write about that. <laughs> Sure. So I never saw myself um, this um, um, being a PhD and making history and so on. And um, w and also when I was doing grade 12, I didn't know which direction I wanted to take. Mm. So um, I met this guy who was a student um, at Nelson Mandela University at that time, was doing a BSc. Um, he was doing what um, I did. Yeah, but at that time, he didn't advise me to do what he was he doing. Was doing yes. He advised me to do something else. Yes. So he was like, um, there's this new program, um, a Bachelor of Engineering in Mechatronics. Um, it was new at Nelson Mandela University. And then he said, I think you would be a, a great fit for sure. it. So that 
that's how I decided what to do. Because, yes, I was like, oh, okay. Um, let me do this. Let me do this. So I applied. And then second option, uh, what would be my second option? And they were like, I selected my second option. <laughs> what I knew is that I wanted a career um, that will enable me to use the mathematical tools to solve problems. Sure, sure. So, um, so first year was fine because we're doing mathematically inclined um, subjects and with some programming. I enjoyed programming and we are doing, um, so I enjoyed first year. And then second year, things shifted. We started focusing more on the engineering side of things. Um, for example, if we're talking about material, then we'll be focusing more on the material and um i was like i want to do calculations <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to learn about the material just give me some numbers i want to punch some numbers <laughs> so after the second year i started getting frustrated yeah. so i was like uh-uh this is not what i want to do there are no numbers yes here. there are no numbers here i want to punch numbers i want to work with numbers <laughs> it's fine to have a problem if you need a problem in material or whatever, but I want to solve it using sure. numbers. Um, and that's what I do now um, yes. as a mathematical statistician. Yes. Um, so I changed courses. Um, so, okay. um, so I actually started at Nelson Mandela University in 2009. So when I took a break in 2017, I had been studying since 2009 at university. I'm done. <laughs> so I was like, nope, I'm done. Um, so I changed courses, but I, I don't regret you it. You don't choice. regret I, I, it. I don't regret it. Here I am now. Here you are. Here you <laughs> yeah. are. I just want you to, to help us, like, to someone who's listening and they actually want to take the academia route what are the the skills and and habits that are most crucial to be successful in academia um i would say it's very um important to know your strengths and your weaknesses sure. and also um what you is very important to know yourself what you enjoy mm -hmm. because in most cases what you are what you enjoy is what you would you tend to be good at so I would say then you really need to know your strength. You need to know what you are good at and then you are likely to survive. And you must not be someone who's one-dimensional. Um, you must be willing to learn. Sure. Um, especially if you want to grow, you must be learning, willing yeah. to learn other things um, and be willing to um, learn how people um, work, different types of personalities, different types of characters, especially if you will be dealing, because um, as a lecturer or as an academic, you will be dealing with a lot of people. Yes. You will be dealing with students. And if you do research um, and engagement, you will be dealing with um, also other stakeholders from different fields. So you also need to know, um, to be willing to learn how those people think how those people do things yeah. and um, how do they react. Um, wow. And also when it comes to students, because um, naturally um, each person has a way of understanding things. For me, um, there's a way of seeing statistics. There's a way of understanding sure, statistical yes. methods. Yeah. Um, and naturally, when I started teaching, that's the way... I, you, I, 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 I would, yes, yes, I taught 
because naturally that's the way I understand. I understand. But what I quickly realized is that as people we are different. Mm. The way I understand is not necessarily the same way the other person mm. understands. So you must be as someone who's agile, someone who's able to adapt. Mm. Um so I quickly had to adapt. Okay. Um, I've explained this the way I understand it and the student still doesn't understand. Okay, so true. now I have to think of a different way. Okay, um, how can they understand it? Try to come up with a sure. different strategy. So you need to be someone who's versatile, who's willing to learn. Were there any moments in the journey where you thought, you know what, yes, I wanted this PhD, but uh, I'm fine now. The it's way. Okay. <laughs> But what kept you going? Um, the way um, um, I remember, there was a period, especially when the pandemic hit. Sure. Because now we had to shift from the traditional um, way of doing learning and teaching to a remote uh, to remote strategies or online strategies. So um, and. That was a lot of work because we had to develop now material from scratch and with little to no training. In fact, with no training at all, we're just like, okay, now we are transitioning from traditional face-to-face -face learning and teaching to remote. And we, we quickly had to learn, okay, how can I do this? Um, what are the existing methodologies? What can I do? What will be the best for my students? What will be the best for me? And so on. Um, so the first year, 2020, was fine. I was still able to push my PhD on the side and, um, and this. Yes. But in 2021, it caught up with me. I was like, you know what? I'm tired. And for the first six months, I was like, you know what? This PhD I'm putting aside. I'm tired. I just put it aside for six months. And then I was like, um, although I had developed the most of the material yes. but i was like i found something to do other than a phd i was like let me perfect the videos i i, I recorded <laughs> last year <laughs> you know what i'm not happy if we're going to do this then it needs to be perfect so i found something else to do because i was like i am tired um so for the first six months i didn't do anything on my phd after the six months this the, taking that six months was actually good for me sure. um, because I managed to take a break. And what I really noticed, um, because as someone who has been studying for a very long period of time, I got to realize the importance of taking a break, especially yes. as a student. Yes. Um, even when I was studying, um, um, even um, under, in undergrad, I knew that I have to have breaks in my plans because it's very important. Um, because once you take a break, then you actually get to get refreshed. Yes. And interestingly, once you take a break, even the things that you've, you, you, you were studying, they just start to make sense or things just start um, to come together or you get even new ideas. So um, that break, um, I didn't tell anyone. I didn't even tell my supervisor <laughs> that I'm taking a break because I knew he was yes. not going to be happy. Because I was like, no, you need to finish. Yes. You can't be affording to take six months break. I was like, I'm giving myself this break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. I took that break. And then by the time in July, yo, I pushed. Yes. Yo, I pushed. Um, and towards the end of the year, um, I did a presentation 
And then I called my supervisor to a meeting and did the presentation. I was like, I'm done. And then I was like, Ooh, wow, you've done a lot in these few months. And he was very happy. I'm like, oh, okay. No, basically your PhD is done. done. Now you just need to start focusing on writing. As I know research is challenging. Yeah. Keep pushing. Keep going. If you need to take a break, take a, a strategic strategic break. Don't just take a break and then like, oh, okay, no, I'm on a break. And then don't take an indefinite break. <laughs> Your break must be strategic. Yes. But keep pushing. Um, giving up is not an option. Yeah. Um, because... You, you are in this position, you are doing your master's or you are doing your honors or you are doing a PhD because you have an end goal, you Mind. have your dream. Yes. Yes. So yes. you can't give up on that yeah. now. Um, and um, there will be hurdles, um, there will be mountains, um, there will be difficulties. Mm. It's not an easy chain, yes. but keep pushing. Um, it's possible. Um, here look I at am. you. Yes. <laughs> look at me. <laughs> it can be done. It is doable. Yeah. So if you could go back in time to start your PhD journey, knowing what you know now, knowing yeah. everything that you know now, what advice would you give to yourself? Um, don't be too hard on yourself. Sure. Um, take it easy. Um, yeah, because um, I, I think I, I tend to be too hard of my, um, on myself and try to... To accomplish a lot in a short space, space of, of time, time sure. putting sometimes unnecessary pressure on myself. So I would say, relax, you've got this. Um, keep pushing, but don't be too hard on yourself. Sure. Um, give yourself some credit and um, don't put too much pressure on yourself. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Dr. Vazi, thank you so, so much for joining us at the Sonno no podcast. Um, thank you for inviting me. Sure. I actually like sharing my story. Um, after um, Harold wrote an article um, about um, my PhD, yes, yes, I, I actually um, managed to impact a lot of young people. Um, I would get an email. Um, can I please come to your office? I would like a career advice. Oh, wow. Or I come from a similar background. I have also a similar situation at home. Wow. How can I navigate this? Or I'm doing a course similar to yours and I'm finding it very difficult at the moment and I want to give up. How can I navigate this? Mm -hmm. Even the article had a lot of impact um, on many young people um, and even older people. They were like, ah, if you can do it, if you have a PhD at such a young age, it tells us that we can also can do, do it. it. I remember this is doable. I saw a lot of the comments to the, the, to the article on our Facebook and people People were like, you know what? I'm actually going to do this. Yes. I actually feel like I can actually do this. And that yeah. is so awesome. Yeah, to, no, to, it's, it's, to it's so awesome. Um, I, I love it. That's why I, I, I don't mind sharing my story. Yes. I know that there are still great things that God has in plan for me sure. and anyone else there. Um, because has, God has um, best things for us. For us um, yeah. And, 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 um, Having a relationship with God yes. actually helped me in my journey. Sure. I don't think um, I would be this successful if um, I didn't have a relationship sure. with God. He gave me strength. Um, he opened go uh, doors, doors for me. For he, he favored me. 
um he gave me grace thank you man thank you so much dr pazza that is so awesome yeah to hear that's all we have for you today join us again next week on swananom stay motivated stay inspired bye